Welcome into another episode of Musings on Medicine here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager at Second City Hockey. You can find me on Twitter at DML57 and uh, just mostly coming to you very relieved this evening that uh, we don't have to watch the 2021-2022 Chicago Blackhawks ever again. The season's over and we're going to talk all about it because that's just how much fun it was. I've got all my line mates with me this evening, even one back from California. But up first, the analytics darling of Second City Hockey. You can find on Twitter at Shepard Price, currently seeking knee surgeons out all over the Vegas area. It's Shepard Price. I don't know which coach I want fired more. Uh, actually, that's not true. It's DeBoer. I, I don't. Well, I, and actually, to be fair, uh, Derek King wouldn't get fired. They just like this. He actually isn't even the coach right now. He was just the interim coach to the end of the season. That interim's over. So right now I, it's like, they don't have a coach kind of, right? Yeah. Better than nothing, which is what <laughs> King is. Also, I swear to God, if I ever have to watch another fucking Vegas shootout where they don't score one goal that like three games, all of which could have been crucial wins, just score I, a goal in the shootout. And then I mean, couldn't do it. I mean, like, if if we're being totally honest, we should have abolished the shootout about 10 years ago anyway. But here's the thing. I'm a person who likes the shootout. <laughs> I brought this on my own team. <sighs> yeah, yeah, you did. I, I don't know why. I mean, it's, it's usually Shea Theodore is very good at it. That's fair. Uh, it's, and then he went cold at the exact wrong time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean... Better luck for you next year, I guess. Hey, you know, you can you can sit at home and you can cheer against the, I don't know, the Kings. Is that the biggest, their biggest rival? I actually rival? want the Kings to win. Okay, uh, you, you can cheer against the Avalanche with the rest of us then, I guess. I Are we cheering against the Avalanche? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I hate them more than, I like, they're the Packers of the NHL for me. And I kind of want them to win this year. Yeah. All right. Well, I want them. We'll, in, I want them in Toronto. In the we'll final. we'll put a pin in that for a moment because I got two more people to bring in, but we'll come back to you in a second. Don't you worry. Uh, also with us this evening, and he is the second city hockey. What Tillian Pearson is to dance, Gavin dance. You can find him on Twitter at Mill One Eighty Two. It's Mill Savage. What? There's no fucking ZD here. <laughs> no, no, there's not. Sorry. Nobody made ZD for dinner tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's probably my fault. Well, I'm you just know. thinking about food. The Hawks are mercifully done, so it's all it's all about eating from here yeah, on out till yeah. September. We, we we don't have any hockey now, so now we're just the best food theme podcast on the internet, right? Right. And when you watch when you rewatch Sopranos, you just eat Italian food like nonstop. So that's where I am in my life right now. <laughs> also, also really quickly, I have to give a shout out to friend of the podcast Jimmy, who put together a list of all the musical intros I've done for Mill since we started this pod. Oh my god! And, and I'm I'm ecstatic to report that I haven't double dipped anywhere. And Jimmy's a huge uh, DGD fan, so I did that just for him. Uh, <laughs> That's fantastic! I want to see that list. Yeah, I, I'll send it to you. It's great. Thanks, uh, Jimmy. Yeah. Also with us this evening, she's back from California. Uh, didn't bring any wins home, I don't think. 
but that's okay because that's that's just how the Hawks are these days anyway. But she is Second City Hockey's bull and wall of text. You can't find her on Twitter, but she is on secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR. It's Betsy. Um, yeah, the, I went to two games and one of them was terrible with the Hawks there. But um, You have to be more specific. <laughs> <laughs> with the Kings. But my seats were amazing. Um, I sat in the premier seats at Crypto, but – the way the section was, there was like a tunnel coming in. So it split the section. So there was like a row of just two seaters. And so we were the front row of a two seater by ourselves and nobody was behind us. And they like have a server for those sections. So they just come and check on you regularly. So you don't have to get up or do Ooh. anything. Oh, that uh, was so you're, you're in the fancy section. I mean, I guess it's like what would normally be club, but not like, I don't know any other club level that does it that way like even still with club you have to get up and go you have access to like restaurants or buffets or extra stuff but this one was literally like hey scan your seat your menu will pop up and you can order anything on that menu you want from a server and they'll bring it out to you so i was like the 200 level at the united center has servers i believe yeah they at do. least yeah. at least they did that might have changed i feel like that might have changed because of covid for a while and I don't know if they've been back because I haven't been back in those seats yet. It was like a one-off when uh, I think my my dad's corporate connections got us those seats, which is why the only reason we could afford to be in there. Yeah, I got to tell yeah. you, I'll be honest with you, that's a great view at the UC, but I feel very uncomfortable in that section. <laughs> yeah, the, at the club level at, at U.S. Comiscular, there's also uh, waiters, I think. What did you call it? U.S. US- Com- U.S. That's what which I is what my which is what my father calls it, and what okay. I will continue to call it forever because it's not. not I hate not, the current name. It's not bad, actually. I don't. I think I, I, I still call it. it the cell because of my age. I still call it Comiskey because of my age. <laughs> well, that's true, but I mean, like, you, I won't. What was the cell? one, Dave? Was it like oh one? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Hey, uh, I just want to say my working title for that Kings recap was "Poor Betsy." <laughs> <laughs> that game, I recapped that game, and it was not fun. So I'm glad your experience at the, sorry, not the Staples Center, the Crypt was good. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, I got score, so I was excited about that. That's the only goal that I caught on on camera too, because the per, my friend that I brought with me was like, it had been a very long time since she had um, seen hockey. So she was asking me lots of questions and I'm fine with that, but she was like, you're really intense. And I was like, hmm. I'm just watching <laughs> sports. She's like, I thought you'd be more animated. And I was like, well, I don't care about either one of these teams, but I am very interested in what's happening. Um, so, wait, so are you the more like um, stoic type? Like you're like, you're just sitting, but you can tell them. Well, like, part of the thing was that I wasn't drunk and I didn't drink because um, I was putting everything on corporate. Um, and I didn't want to spend too much. Why not? I guess I could have paid with myself. Um, Cause believe me, the bills we racked up elsewhere. <laughs> okay. We spent, a, we spent a lot of money. But right. um, if you're spending somebody else's money, that's the time to be the most. Uh, the you most still have to expense it, man. Um, exactly. And they look at you funny sometimes. But either way, I, I, I my experience there was really great. Um, the, I, I've sat in the 200 level in like Denver and um, the United Center, Madison Square Garden, and lots of times at Bridgestone, and none of them have um servers but it sounds like i need to go to other ones because it sounds like they would have it i've the suites have them at the use at um in dc the uc is weird because there's three levels so like the 200 club has servers for the seats but the 300 doesn't because it's way up high yeah that makes sense 
and I, right? and Am I, I wrong. Well, and there, there's, there's also like the, this, this like skybot or sweet areas, I guess. There's oh yeah. The ones where MJ sits between the two and the one. And then there's the other world that are like directly under the ceiling. And I've, I, I, I was in the really high ones one time and we didn't, you didn't have servers, but there's like, you know, you have your own little booth and there's like food behind yeah. you. I'm always in the 300 level. I mean, I've sat everywhere in there like at least once, but like it's, I mean, it got to a point where it's just like, not. I've only ever sat in the lower bowl at the UC, except one time in the 200 level. And I don't remember, but that was in like 2014. So I don't remember there being servers, but then i don't know i mean too rich for my blood maybe it's different sections because crypto had like premier boxes and then the re- like that were in the like from the corners inward and then the like behind the goals were not fancy i, I just I, I would really like us four to all be at a game together because i feel like <laughs> it'd stick out as a, like a sore thumb the way we'd all be like watching it i also uh i First off, yes, but also uh, just that the stadium's called Crypto.com Arena. It's just the crypt. It's it's bad. It like I know Staples was a fucking office supply chain, but, but it was that. For but, but look, and and the Rams playing a stadium named after a student debt consolidation. So I really yeah, fucking I was like, it. some of them sound like Staples. You can pretend doesn't sound it doesn't belong to that company, or like the United Center. You can pretend that's not related to that. Unless you see the roof. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know how old I was before I realized the United Center was a corporate thing? Like I, I've been. I, it was at least like two thousand three or four. I was like, oh yeah, this is like a corporate thing. Oops. Well, the well, the building. It was so weird because they were Chicago Stadium before that. So like it was that era where all those corporate companies came in and started naming everything. Because yeah. same thing with Comiskey. Like the I, I believe it was to like new Comiskey when they re, when they built the new one until like oh one right. Oops. Um. Or something like that. Well, it yeah. was U.S. Cellular, but it was still Comiskey. Like after they built the new building, yeah. And then U.S. Cellular gave them a bunch of money, and they they redid the upper deck that they needed to do because it was not. It was a horrible stadium. Well, didn't they have blue like seats? Years. Yeah, yeah. And then and then they got the corporate money. They redid it, and it's actually now very a gorgeous stadium to go watch a baseball game to. Do they still have that one blue seat from the playoff home run? I think so. I have to. I'll, I'll check. I'll, I'm going to go there this summer several more times. It's I've like been a twice. I've been twice, thing. but I'm not going back until it's at least 60 degrees because I'm not watching another fucking baseball. Yeah, game. it looks like it looks like Silent Hill outside. <laughs> it looks it looks like Resident Evil outside. Like, is that the game with the huge chick picking up the little dude? <laughs> Resident Evil is the zombie game. Oh, I don't know. My brother sends right. me all these video We're, game memes. All right, hey, you guys want to talk about some hockey? <laughs> yeah, if we sure. have no, not really. No, but uh, as we mentioned at the top, uh, the, the Blackhawks season is over. Uh, the season was bad. You met the Blackhawks. I thought you meant hockey. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. The Blackhawks season is Ladies and gentlemen. over. Yeah. Off the top rope. Like he's Keith Lee. Um, but anyway, Blackhawks hockey. What was I going to say? Oh yeah. Uh, uh, the season's over and we just wanted to go around the room and just get everyone's general thoughts, moods, feelings, primary thoughts, um, which is whatever you got. Like, I, whatever's on the forefront of your mind related to the Chicago Blackhawks, because during that weird transitional space between um, the end of the season and before, you know, everyone's going to be watching the Stanley Cup playoffs for the next two months, and not a lot of things are going to happen. So we're just going to kind of tee up everyone here and, and, and let them take the discussion wherever it goes, and we're going to start with Shay. All right. 
Let's. I. I. I want to start here, uh, and I, Betsy's going to jump in, and I think that's appropriate. Crawford, Mark Crawford, and uh, the rest of the coaching staff. That isn't Derek King was let go, and I think for the best. I think Mark Crawford's time has been troubled, and that wasn't necessarily his fault. He served under two difficult head coaches uh, in terms of the standings. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes sense. Davidson is saying that it's a clean start. As Betsy has said, a clean start means that you don't give Derek King a fucking chance at this job because he doesn't fucking deserve it. And it's evident based on the way that the team played, based on the way that the standings settled out, based on the fact that they were they had no chance at anything but seventh in the, in the uh, central division, which is a relatively, in terms of this year, weak division. Um they they can't seriously entertain the thought of bringing Derek King back and have fans be okay with that, I think. Well, I, I think... I, I'm not saying they're under an obligation to interview him for the job, but I feel like it's a good look to do so. Is it? Because, again, the team was... Bad. But, again, but, we've all said they, they were unwatchable the last month or two. Yeah. Yeah, like that that the the game some of the games in April were just vomit inducing. My whole thing is is that the whole clean slate, um, you think they're essentially talking about like the last picks. So anybody that was associated with Jeremy Colleton, guess who was associated with him? It's King because he worked under him in the AHL. Um, so regardless if their philosophy is slightly different, because it's only slightly different, let's be real. Um uh, in, in fact Derek King was slightly better at like his, his structure, if you want to call it that um, was better at preventing in close quality, but not overall quality. And then was worse offensively, which I didn't think was possible. So unless, (laughs) unless Kyle Davidson is like, well, actually Crawford was, that was all him behind the scenes. That was all his structure. Um, then it's not a clean slate. It's this guy was a bad coach for this period of time. And even at their best, like if you, if you pull any 20 game sample, I think the best they did was 500 and that wouldn't be enough to get you into the playoffs. Um, Even close to the playoffs. In fact, I'm pretty sure his average, like the points percentage that King had um, up until the trade deadline wouldn't have even moved them in the placement inside their own division. So how can you keep a coach like that? Unless you then say, I thought all the players were shit. So we know that's not true. So you should at least think you look at the players and you go, could you have done better with those players? And if your qualifier is yes, then King should go. If it's no, then you should get rid of like all the players. You should get rid of them all and start from scratch. Those are your two choices. So clean slate with the team or clean slate with the coaching staff. I'm going to play devil's advocate really quick and just say, maybe that Kyle, maybe that was a Freudian slip and that they are actually planning on bringing in an entirely new coach. And, and Davidson just told us that by phrase clean slate and, and didn't mean to. That's that's all, that's what I got for you. That would be great. I would actually have way more respect for him. 
<laughs> I don't mind them going through the motions of whatever with Derek King, but I don't yeah. want them to, I don't want it to be like a serious thing. I don't, if he does something else in the, in the organization, sure. But like, I don't know what he would do. <laughs> nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> nice guy. Got another nice guy. Well, why yeah, would you he's, he's Davidson's Barry Smith, maybe? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think that's, <laughs> I, I think that's uh, that's kind of undercutting Barry Smith a little bit because I think Barry Smith was had a much better resume, but I could be wrong. Mm. Well, well, I, I Betsy, I know you kind of piggybacked off what Shay started with. Did you have uh, your your primary thoughts or mood or feeling or whatever related to the Blackhawks? Um, my primary mood is like trepidation, almost like I'm a little. Like it's going to be an interesting, <laughs> thank you. Uh, like you're, you're just trying to figure out what's going to happen. It's so uncertain right now. So um, I like, there's like that sense of worry in the back of your brain that, that they're going to do too much and it's going to tip it the wrong way or they're not going to do enough. And there's such a balancing act. And so I don't have a huge amount of faith in Kyle Davidson be, yet. Um but that could change depending on how they treat Strom is my big one. And then how they approach Kirby Doc in the offseason because they have to do something to get him going. And whatever he was whatever he did between when he was injured and the bubble, whatever he was doing then seemed to work because he went into the bubble and was great. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what changed or if it did change, but they just they have to do something. Um and then I'll be interested to see what they do with the defense because um, oddly the one guy that's going to be leaving probably for sure Dehan is I think arguably one of like, I would say between him and Murphy, I think Murphy didn't play as well as he normally did this past season. The Dehan was quite good this season for the most part for the Blackhawks. Um, and then, so it'll be interesting to see who can, can take up that role because I actually thought he was better than he had ever, he'd been previously for the Blackhawks, which not a great season to, to be. What, but. what you started with was, was the most closest to my thought. It was, I'm just curious to see where they go this offseason because it feels like, you know, all the talk about rebuild and everything that Cal Davidson was going to do, like all these theories. I think some of that is going to start turning into reality this summer. And I think it'll be a pretty obvious indication of where this team goes based off like where this team is going next based off what they do in the months of June and July. They, uh, and also, I think they did say something about the coach being picked before July. Yeah. They right? said they were going to have the, they wouldn't have the coach in place before the draft, I believe was the idea. Okay. And like, not, not that, they're going to wait till July, but that they, that they would have it. They, that's like the deadline. The, I think they said like soft target was, was roughly mid July. So okay, maybe I think figure out a, in June, but that'll be a good first impression of which direction we think they're going to go. Cause if they go with very seasoned coach, maybe they're thinking we're still going to try to be decent while like try to create a winning culture, but not like necessarily strive to win. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Versus if they get a coach that is more about development um, because they know they're going to have a few soft years where they need to put emphasis on young players in the system. 
Mill, uh, we've, uh, we've uh, neglected you so far. So if you want to hop in on this part of the conversation with whatever it is, your your primary moods, thoughts, or feelings related to the Chicago Blackhawks are right now. Sure. So um, when Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, he <laughs> made it all, he made it all the way to Act Three of the play he was watching, and the Blackhawks pretty much got killed while the audience was entering. Uh, in terms of on ice performance, so. I was I just re- could not wait to see what landing you were going to stay. Yeah, so <laughs> so they waited. John Wilkes Booth waited until a scene in Act Three where everyone was laughing to mask the gunshot, and the Blackhawks just said, "Hey, while you're entering, we're just going to sit here and take it." And from an on ice, I'm strictly talking about on ice because I don't, you know, not even to get into the other stuff. And they did nothing to better their situation really the whole year, but for a long time, um, you know, King kind of got them above water or not really above water, but close to 500 and tolerable, I guess. Yeah. They, but, were, they uh, were like, they were okay in the month of November for a little bit, but, but all he really did was Hey, Hey, we're going to play fundamental hockey. If you can handle that against some of the teams that aren't that great and you know, whatever. And, and I understand that when you, when you fire your GM and your coach and the mess they had, it's hard to, right the ship in, in, in the middle of the season, but it was only Thanksgiving, right? Earlier, like when they fired Colleton. At least. They, they fired Colleton like November 5th or 6th. It was the first weekend in November. It was very early. Right. So with that being said, they, they shot them and we all had to suffer through it. Um, and I just, you know, I've seen bad Hawks teams before and I've seen many people saying this is the worst Hawks team Worst Hawks season, rather, they experienced. And I agree with that because even when the Hawks were really bad, like pre Taves and Kane, we kind of knew they were going to be bad and we just loved hockey and it was whatever. But this was a disaster. And yeah, I, I really think without getting into too much uh, history or uh, details, it's like burn it down and start from scratch. And I just got a notification from ESPN saying King's still in consideration for the coaching job. So I'll insert some crowd booing right at this part of the podcast. And, <laughs> And, and not the yeah, and uh, I'm just like oh, like they really, really, really need to start over. And I spoke about this before. I'll just wrap it up with this. I said, hey, like put together your manual, find the coach, and say, hey, how do we want to play? Because I know, I know, uh, we've all talked about how finding the right coach and to not just develop the players, but to lead the team, they need to see how we want to play all this stuff. Then build your team around that and. They really have to start it all over because that's that's how terrible it was. So I, I I had a lot of fun with the three of you and the Second City community, but I did not have fun watching the games. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the the primary emotion I got to after the game Friday night against the Sabers was just relief that like uh, it's I, I feel like a sense of obligation to watch as much as possible because this is kind of our job, but I just did not want to watch this team anymore it's just it was that it was more of a sense of obligation than me being excited to watch a Blackhawks game uh like every game I feel like I would I would sit down like all right maybe they'll just have an accidental really good performance and then usually by 10 minutes in that was proven wrong but it's just that all Buffalo my, game. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, all my deeks started being, "Will they keep their dignity?" <laughs> Stay tuned. The coolest thing about that Buffalo game was that Buffalo wore white at home because I'm a proponent of that. But also, uh, shout out Malcolm Subban for singing. Oh yeah, Malcolm Subban did a, a very good rendition of the anthem, and I had no idea he could do that. So that was, was multi talented person yeah. over there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I just I, I'm glad the season's over, and and I I feel like I just I. 
to the to borrow the clean slate phrase like i just would like to go into an entirely new season with uh 82 games without um the losing your first uh, 11 of your first 12 start i want to get like we don't have to carry that around anymore don't have to carry around the other losing the big losing skid in in march anymore don't have to carry like hopefully there's no other off ice issues that hang over the team just just give me i'm running as fast and as far away from this season as i possibly can obviously they can't like trade away the entire team in an offseason so some of the players are still going to be here we all know seth jones isn't going anywhere because he's going to be with us for the next decade but it's just like that whole that entity of that 2021 2022 blackhouse team is done it's over with and i've i cannot think of a time as mill said like of a less enjoyable Blackhawk season of my lifetime. And uh I as you like some of those teams, there were some teams that were definitely worse, but like worse performance. But the combination of like there were actually some skilled players on these Blackhawks teams, and the other Blackhawks teams were just garbage up and down the roster. So the the combination of like not even like average expectations, just like expecting them to at least at a minimum compete for a playoff spot. And then by Thanksgiving, we knew it was probably not happening. And by Christmas, it was definitely not happening. And then you just had four to five months of nothingness. So I am just ecstatic that, yeah, I, I'm, just, I'm so glad it's done. When the season got done, I felt like Neve Campbell at the end of Scream when Courtney Cox shows up. And I was just <laughs> like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I made it. Very, not, many, many did not. That is... That, that is a very good encapsulation of it. I didn't think anybody was going to come murder me, although sometimes it felt like I was getting stabbed in the eyeballs. And everybody around me did not make it. So, <laughs> oh, God, I'm sorry for the grim, uh, like, recap and history speech here, but, like, I don't know how else to put that fucking season in the words. No, like, I, I was I was thinking about doing, a, like, a Blackhawks misery index of the last, like, even if you just do the last five years where they haven't made the playoffs, like obviously pandemic year exempted because they actually, they made the qualifying round and got into the actual playoffs. So that season was obviously better than this one. Um, they got bounced in a hurry. Like the I, season was kind of fun. Yeah. Like, like the 2021 season out of the, 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 the it was like 56 games. Like that wasn't bad. I mean, you hated the way the coach was doing yeah. it. But, but you were excited about certain players doing neat things. And ahead of time, you knew that team was going to suck. Like, you were expecting it to be bad. I don't know. Like, we're we're revisioning. This is revisionist history. We're not talking enough about Nikita Zadorov making me want to jump out a four-story window. <laughs> no, you go back to my things and you go, I was like, I hate you. And then I would immediately go, but what? look at the kids. Play the kids. I love yeah. the kids. Kershev. Well, and then, like, you had the season the season where they fired Quinville and brought in Colleton. And that team at least had a few games in March where they were in the playoff hunt and they lost every single one of them. But at least they were within the realm of com- competition. And then the season before that was the one that was uh, – that's the one where Crawford got hurt and pretty much that cost tanked them the whole season. And so that was just like – you could point to, well, this team would have been better if the goalie was still here. What was that one goalie's name that they called up? Oh, God. Jeff Glass? Yeah. People were coming into my store like, Jeff Glass is awesome. Do you guys have his stuff? And I was just like, please leave. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, I, I – but seriously, people like were freaking out. I'm like, uh, I don't see it. <laughs> For like 2.2 seconds, he was doing well. 
He had, like, he, he had like uh, one or two really good games, but he got beat. His ass beat by the Red Wings. Yeah, it was just, it was the same thing with Delia. Like that season, for some reason, made a lot of fans out of Colin Delia. Like so much so that when Lincoln wasn't doing great this year, people were like, "Delia should be up here." And you're like, "Excuse you." Wasn't that the season where he was tearing up Rockford and he ended up taking them to the conference finals in the AHL? He, at the end of the season, yeah. both he and Glass both carried that Rockford team at the end. And interestingly, their numbers were still shit, like not great. Um, but that team was so bad, um, like defensively, that it didn't matter. But um, so... Yeah, that was. I could do a whole episode on bad goalie takes I've heard over the years. Let's let's not. We, no, we I... haven't we suffered enough, Mel? You're right. I should probably just go see like somebody. I need a hockey therapist. I mean, the good news is we have some decent kids. Uh, did you one point since we're talking about goalies that Davidson men- mentioned um, Kale Morris as a goalie prospect that he was interested in, and I was I found that neat. Um, is Soderblom I, good? Yeah, I mean, in the HL, he's been good. Um, he's the he's the main reason. That I would the thing you could say about Soderblom is he has done nothing to diminish any of the hype or whatever interest is around him. Hmm. Well, I mean, the three games he played in the NHL, people well, okay. were already like he's done, and I'm like, no. Yeah, I don't take any of that. How this works? Yeah, I don't take that into consideration. I mean, Crawford had that in 506. Yeah, but he's he's done very well for the Ice Hogs, and again, they are a fairly porous shot team. Um, so, I just had to ask you guys, or especially Betsy, because you pay more attention to that than I do, and I I do want to see that there's some good goalies coming through the system. I don't want them to have to break the bank on that. Well, it's not it's not, and it's not just Soderblom either. Like Kmeso's doing very well at Boston. And- they signed another yeah, guy was- right at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, he was one I of signed the, him? Yeah, that would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> like the version um, on South Park. Um, it's uh, Jackson uh, Stauber. Stauber. That's the guy. Yeah, yeah. from Providence. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's just, yeah. Um, he did very good in the, NA, in the NCAA. Um, very, very good. Technically, he had slightly better numbers than Comesso, but Comesso didn't play on as good a team. Give me all of the uh, goalies. And then Morris is somebody who he had the same numbers as I honestly thought he should have played more than Delia in Rockford. Um, he's younger. He's better structurally. Um, he's not that much younger. He's 25, but still <laughs> I would have preferred it. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, we might have actually might have some more time to talk about the Rockford ice hogs goalies and other players because they're, you know, still playing hockey because they made the playoffs this season. Um, and they're playing, I believe they're playing Texas first in the three game set. And if they yep. and they get into the real playoffs, like there's like kind of a playing around in the AHL now, which I I learned yesterday. So, um, but before we do, you know, so we'll we'll come back to that. Maybe maybe we'll get another Western Conference run out of uh, Rockford this season. Like that at least be some reason for optimism within the organization. Um, but what we're gonna do real quick is we're gonna take a quick timeout, and on the other side of that timeout, we're gonna talk about two kind of big names related to the current Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, you may have heard of them, so we'll uh, come on back for that and see if uh, you remember these two players. Welcome back to Musings on Madison. And as promised before the break, we wanted to talk about these these two guys on the Blackhawks. I think their names are uh, Patrick Taves and Jonathan Kane. Oh, oh, 
Sorry, Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane. Forgive me. Um, but anyway, uh, they, they seem to be pretty important pieces of whatever the next chapter of the Blackhawk story is going to be in that um, they, they're under contract for one more season. They have no movement clauses. They're each going to get $10.5 million next season. The question really is what happens after that, and the, question, the answer to that question could become more apparent by whatever happens this season based on if they start negotiating or – uh, get traded away or whatever. So I, I, the the first thing we want to do here is just kind of focus on these two guys, because it seems like all these other pieces that are going to start falling. These are the first two pieces that probably have to move before anything else can go. So with that preface and everything set up, I'm going to swing it around to Shay and just, I, I, I don't even know if I have a specific question or anything for you. I think the main thing I would ask you is just, uh, your, your thoughts on their futures in, in Chicago or not, I guess. That was to me, right? That was to you. Yeah. I know right. I, 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 for a second yeah. and now you're back. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Pat, uh, I, I don't, I, I question because of his statements recently, uh, how long term Jonathan Taves is in Chicago. And after the last year, uh, not just his health wise, but like him as a player was not, he's not he like, yeah, he was, he was coming back from a year off and like, just looked like it. Um, then maybe he'll be better next year, but he's also on the wrong side of 30. And again, after the year he's had where like his reputation took a hit because of the Kyle beach stuff, like he should have like, yeah, he was a young captain, but he could have been a lot better of a young captain back then. Um, and I feel like there's other young captains who would have done a lot better. Like I, like I, I, it, I it's, it's Perry apples to oranges because Landeskog never dealt with that. But like Landeskog was also a young captain who might've dealt with it better. Um, like David was a young captain. Uh, oh, like David doesn't have a personality. I'm not even sure he's a person. I think he's a robot. Sorry. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised. Him and Kawhi. Uh, like, I think I think Taves is ready to move on. I feel like Chicago may be ready to move on from Taves. I hope so. I, I think um, I think like there were there were certainly some comments that Taves had, had in the last month or two that were seemed to suggest that he doesn't really want to be around if this is going to be a rebuild. Right. If like, this is a rebuild, I guess a rebuild in the sense that they're not going to win games next year because that again that rebuild phrase covers a lot of different roads from here. But, yeah. Um. If, like, I, I guess the idea is like, if he knows that they're not going to be even flirting with the playoffs for two or three more years, then you know he don't want to be part of that. Which I feel like is entirely his prerogative. Like he's he's in his thirties. He doesn't have much time left in his NHL career. Probably if he wants to go somewhere else, you know, let him go. But I, I think the other side of that coin is that it, those comments came in the middle of a miserable stretch of hockey. So maybe he was just spouting off some frustration when everything was going to shit. Yeah. But again, it, it is in the, I think it is my belief that it is in the best interest of the Blackhawks to be not in the playoff hunt next year, but to be in the Connor Bedard hunt because Bedard is a better first overall pick than Shane Wright. Is, is it Bedard or Bedard? I, 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 I think Bedard. I say Bedard. Um, but yeah, like, well, there, the, I was going to tell you, I, I, I go ahead. I think I think it's also in the Blackhawks' best interest, and this is a hot take, but oh I think it's in the Blackhawks' best interest to trade Patrick Kane. 
And there's going to be a select number of teams who can and want to trade for Patrick Kane, uh, which will limit the return the Blackhawks can get for him. But I feel like the Blackhawks need to get a return for Patrick Kane. When, especially, especially coming off the season, when he's still, he's still Patrick Kane. Like this season, he had down numbers, but he's still Patrick Kane. Yeah, he's he's still very much a um, top line player on probably any, just about any team in the NHL. I think the main, the main thing I've settled on with Patrick Kane is that the only unacceptable option is that he walks in free agency in 2023. If that happens, that's a lot. That's a massive failure. Like if he if he stays around, cool. If he gets traded next or in two months, get a good return. Cool. Like you at least do something with that person, with that player that benefits your ter- your team in the long run. If they, you know, if they somehow fuck around and fray up, fray that relationship to the point that they, um, that he decides to leave in free agency next summer and they don't get anything in return. That's, that's bad. That would be very bad. That seems like worst case scenario for me. It's worst case scenario, but like it's still completely in Patrick Kane's. Like they could, they could have the best relationship ever, and Kane still be like, "I don't want to leave now. I want to like be able to explore my options completely by myself in the off season." You know, like unless he they do like a Seth Jones thing where Kane is like, "I not only get to choose where I'm going, but I want to be able to have like a contract ready when I get there." Mm-hmm. I don't. It feels like I don't think it would be a massive failure. I think it would be a failure, but that's just how hockey is. Um, I don't know. I I'm on the fence about trading Kane because I think that young players can benefit from watching him. And I think the same is true about Taves in certain ways. Um, but I don't know if he, wants to be that role anymore versus Kane who has always gravitated to the younger players and mm-hmm. being that kind of like, at least talk the game kind of thing. Um, so. Yeah, like we did. I think we did this episode uh, within the last month about if the centerpiece of this team going forward is Kane to bring in the Shrem was the top scoring line like that. That wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. Like you could, you could start there and build around that trio and, and maybe in two or three years, you end up with you know, a pretty good team. Well, something that Shay said that like triggered something for me is the, like what happens with the lottery coming up will, should dictate. Cause like, that, yeah, that that I keep because if they win the lottery this season, then they could put more effort into not losing next year. But if they lose the lottery this year, then I agree with Shay that they should just, tank like not specifically tank but like not care as much about winning so much as developing um if that makes sense i i just we know how we feel about tanking but uh, yeah i know i know i'm getting i'm getting ready to prepare my my speech accordingly like i just if they you know if if they if they if something happens next season and they end up in uh in a situation to get connor get to get the next connor whatever however you say his last name i always thought it was like yeah um but it's just if you if the organizational approach is to get a draft the number one draft pick especially with how random it is in hockey because of the lottery i hate that approach in general and then i i I think the because because of the situation the blackhawks are in with you know like ian mitchell 
probably next season, probably going to be here. It seems like they they want Alex Vlasic around next season. Lucas Reichel's probably going to be here next season. I, I know you, we were just talking up here that you think Alex Vlasic could use another year of seasoning, but it sure as hell don't look like he's going to get that. Um, so it, I guess the idea is if, you know, it, it's kind of related to the Cannon Taves thing. Like if you're going to keep Patrick Kane around, then like I can't, is, is, is a Connor Bedard a center or a winger? Cause center. The, center. Okay. Cause uh, the thing I was going to say is that like, you hope Connor Bedard becomes what Patrick Kane is right now. Just like obviously 10, 15 years younger. So um, if you, if you still have Patrick Kane for another five years, I guess maybe you don't necessarily, if you get obviously ideal, you have Patrick Kane and Connor Bedard, but um, it's just, if I just don't like the idea. I've never liked the idea of putting all your chips into the draft because that seems like such a lottery, uh, such a crapshoot. That's the fucking phrase I'm looking for. It's like, it's, it's, I, I don't know what, uh, what roads better than, I, I don't think the odds are that great in the draft or in a lot of different ways, but. That's just my my thoughts. Mill, what about you? Well, um, I believe that Jonathan Taves, like myself, does not know where he will be next year. I really don't think he has a clue. And the reason I say that is because, you know, a lot of people were yelling at me when I said he was touching the ice, like, he's picking up his mouthpiece. I'm like, yeah, but I think he either dropped his mouthpiece while doing that or might have been on purpose i don't know but the way he people yelling on the internet yeah but the way i saw him kind of look because i was i was watching really intently at that i was running twitter and i'm like hmm taves last time on the ice maybe let's see what he does and he kind of like you know he came back with a fistful of snow and kind of like took a look around and hit the bench and i'm like i don't think he knows i think he was kind of like if this is it like you know shout out huey lewis then this is it but um i the thing about taves is like he has this big contract next year and they could potentially say, Hey man, if you want to get moved, we might wait till the deadline to see what we can get and we'll pay half and you can give us a list or maybe in the off season. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I think anything's possible, but I I think it's likely that he might want to be out of here because, and I'll get to Kane now with this. It's like, Unlike Kane, Taves is the type of guy who'll be like, I'll have zero goals and take dungeon shifts and play on the third line and do play on the penalty kill if it helps my team win. I think he'd rather do that than like score a bunch. Whereas Kane wants to win, but he also wants to win by like, you know, being the goal scorer, being the being the star. Like he doesn't want to lose. Points, yeah. yeah, he doesn't want to have 100 points and the team lose every game. I'm not saying that, but he does want to be that guy and he loves the Hawks and all this stuff. So I really think it's more likely that if, if anybody leaves, it's, it's Taves. And I could see them saying, Kane, you know, like we might have to work out a new deal when this one's done. You're still worth a lot of money, but we got to add guys, blah, blah, blah. But uh, it's hard for me to say, I mean, you know, these things come to an end after time. We've seen it with all the other teams in the city who have done well. And it's uh, some prematurely. And uh, it uh, it definitely happens. I mean, you always think somebody's going to be a lifer. I mean, Duncan Keith is a good example, you know? Yeah. I, I think, I, I guess, uh, I, I'm just, I, I'm of the, like, there, there's certainly a middle, there's like, I feel like there's three paths right now the team could go. And, um, the, like, the, the one, if I feel like if you're going to let Taves and Kane go, or if you're going to trade them away, blow the whole thing up. Like, some like get finds. I don't know if you can find someone to take Seth Jones' contract, but 
see if you can like and i think you might even throw debrinket out too like just just do the whole thing tear that band-aid off completely um if you're going to keep one or both of those two around then i feel like you need to keep strom and debrinket and kane as your top line and and go forward from there i feel like that that's kind of uh I, I, then the third option would be like to go like spend money in free agency and build a playoff contender next season. But I don't think anything, I don't think that's happening at all. Uh, it certainly doesn't seem like that's the way from the way the Hawks have talked for the last six months or so, but. Well, I think yeah. it'd be interesting for us to kind of go look back at some modern teams who have, if, if anybody's gone through that and who's stayed around. It's, Oh, there's going to be some, some articles maybe popping up at secondcityhockey.com over the next few weeks about, Maybe how the uh, the New York Rangers went from a team that announced the rebuild and is uh, playing in a playoff game right now as we're talking, and how the uh, L.A. Kings were a team that was just every bit as powerful as the Hawks were in the mid 2010s and is back in the playoffs right now too. Like there's um, there's a lot of different ways to do this. I guess the my biggest thing, and this is kind of back to what I was talking about with the tanking earlier, and uh, it's just I don't want the Hawks to become the Buffalo Sabers. So what you're saying is they should move to the Pacific Division. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Uh, I just, I just don't like, like they, the Hawks have been obviously like it's been five seasons since they made the playoffs. Obviously, pandemic, hang your asterisk, whatever. But they've been pretty bad for five seasons now, and Buffalo has been pretty bad for about a decade now. And I just, I, I uh, whatever they do, I just don't, I, I, I can't do another five years without playoff hockey. Like I just, I need this team to figure this shit out soon. I think it's also too so like harsh when you are a powerhouse and win three cups. It's not like Buffalo, you know, Buffalo hasn't won anything. But yeah, I don't know. Any other uh, any other thoughts from uh, from the trio? I I, I got nothing else because I I think again, as I said earlier, like I think we're just kind of in a bit of a holding pattern until we know we get some more concrete answers on what some actions instead of just words. Yeah, so. No, you go. My my big thing is that, like, yeah, is Patrick Kane a very talented player? Yes, but at the end of the day, do we know how long this rebuild is going to take? No. Is he on the wrong side of thirty? Yeah. Is he is he going to probably be on the wrong side of thirty five when the rebuild is finally over? Yeah. Again, get some value for Kane while you can, Mm -hmm. right? If you can, I I I think. I am a conspiracy theorist that believes that believes Colorado was probably in on Kane. He this was. Season. They were. That, that yeah. was like a legitimate report. I think there were several teams that were in on him. I don't right. think there's a lack of interest. I think it's Kane has all the power. And if you look at any single um, player that had a um, no movement clause or a very short trade list, the returns were not great. They just weren't, especially the older I, they were. I, I yeah. All right. I, I don't think that I don't I I pers- I also just don't think that Kane's gonna do that to the Blackhawks. I think if Kane gets a deal that he that like he understands hockey. He understands that if if like if there's a deal that like to a team he likes that gives him a chance at another cup. Did you think Iggy would do that to the Flames? I mean <laughs> it's it's still a little different for Okay, but Iggy Iggy also hadn't won a cup with uh, hadn't won three cups with that team as like Yeah, but Kane hasn't leader. won a cup with any of the people left with the Blackhawks. Yeah. Except yeah. Taves, yeah. Yeah. Except Taves who's on the door out. Like I, I, mean, I, I think I, 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 
I think that that's like the original thing I said with like with Kane, like the, the worst case scenario is him walking in free agency. Like I feel like the conversation between him and Kyle Davidson needs to be um, if you stay like we're going to keep you around for another like three, four five years and, and ho- hope you, you know, hope you become Marty San Louis because Marty San Louis in his age 37 season won the Art Ross trophy. Granted, that was the 2013 48 game season, but still at the age of 37, there's do- there's documented evidence of a guy who was still playing incredible hockey. Um, and then the other side of that coin is if Kane says, well, I'm not going to be here for another three or four or five years, then Davidson needs to convince him to be the trade. Yeah. Well, Kane yeah. also has the power to play out the next season and then test free agency too. Yeah. He really does. And that's, he, he does have that power. And I think that is where Kyle Davidson as a GM has to not let that happen. That, if that, that is, happens, someone's going to give him big money. Yeah, but but I, then I, I think that is where then if if it gets to the point where Kane's going to leave in the summer, you have to trade him by the deadline. It's it I, I just you can't you, let that happen. And that you, depends on what position they're in. Yeah, I mean, I just I feel like we're going to put too much pressure on Davidson in a fairly lose lose situation because again, look at every other player that had a, a no trade clause and look at their returns. They just weren't great, and I don't think Kane is any more like super like and he's loyal to Chicago, but I don't know if he's like, I want to give up. They fight so hard for those clauses for a reason. I don't know if he'll yeah. give up that just because he wants to make sure Chicago isn't screwed, especially if say Taves is gone. And then like they're because Kane's leaving, they're also moving on from Strom or Debrinket, especially. Yeah. Like, don't use bad words like that. Yeah. I just, I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I, maybe I just have a, too much of a pessimistic thing. Their best solution would be Kyle Davidson trying to work out a, again, Seth Jones situation where whatever team they trade them to is willing and wants to sign Kane to an extension. Um, that's I their think, best option. I was going to say the best, best option is he stays here. And in two years, all these defense have been turned into really good players and then they win the cup in 2020. <laughs> I just that don't would think be great too, but, 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 but yeah, but I've the also, thing is, I don't think they know. Yeah. What? Yeah, what? I think, I think again, we're going to see once they have their coach, we might have a better idea of what they expect for the next like three years. Is it going to be developmental coach or is it going to be like a coach that they think is going to lead them within two to three years to uh, the playoffs? I think that's a good point because if you look at like 07, 08 through the next couple of years, it was like they missed the playoffs by three points. They went to the conference final and got their ass kicked. They won the cup. So it's kind of like that might not happen that fast, but if they're in the mix at the end of the year, things could be a lot faster. And if I they're just, really bad, it's not going to be fast. I think Boston is just a good, is a good example. Um, and Calgary is a good example where they were like, they put coaches in positions with teams that, especially Boston, since we get compared to them a lot, but they knew that Cassie was going to be good, a good coach. And they wanted him to eventually be the coach that took them pretty far. And I think he did as well as he could because that team is also aging out and that kind of stuff. But like that'll be, I think the coach will be a, a tell, at least hopefully we'll be able to mm-hmm. tell from that. Well, I mean, Cassie season. also got them to the Stanley cup final. That's what I'm saying. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I, I think they specifically picked him and I, cause I don't believe the first, I can't like either way they, they picked him because they wanted him to take them far, even though they might've needed more time with, with it and stuff like that. Um, 
Cause I don't think, I don't think the flames immediately thought Suter was going to come in and um, like powerhouse them. Cause that's what they are right now as a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think the Blackhawks are in the position. Either one of those teams are, but whoever they put in place, I think is like, do you think that this coach will be around in two or three years when they might be at least sniffing the playoffs is what I was trying to say. Yeah. And I, I know they're like, Very I, like looking at, looking at what Sutter did in Calgary, like that was like my, my dream scenario for the Hawks is that they would bring in a coach in this off season who it, it just does something to get more out of the players than the last three or four seasons have. Cause I still maintain that there's, there's a hell of a lot more wins than 28 on that roster, but Ugh. I have I have one final thing I want to just throw around in this. This is also part of my my uh, the reason why I'm like terrified of a Patrick Kane trade. Is kind of Betsy was kind of hinting at this a little bit. So I don't know if a no movement clause was involved in this situation at all. And uh, I feel like I feel like Mills going to know these names. Mm. Betsy's maybe and Shay. I think this was before you were really into hockey, so you may not know these names. But you might actually. We'll see. Uh, do you know what Steve McCarthy, Adam Monroe, and Anders Ericsson have in common? Ooh. Do you know who those three hockey players even are? No. I remember them. <laughs> those are the three players that the Hawks got when they traded Chris Chelios to Detroit in 1990. Oh, yes. uh, Anders Ericsson was a former first-round pick of Detroit and was playing in the NHL at the time and went right to the Hawks. And then Steve McCarthy was the Hawks' first-round pick in 99. Adam Monroe is the Hawks' first-round pick in 2001. All three of those players amounted to nothing, ultimately. So I was like 9 or 10 when this hit. Uh, no, maybe. I was 12. Or I, no, I, was, oh. I was 11. I turned 12 that year. Oh, that was a little younger. I remember looking that. at the hockey reference page. So yeah. this, is, this is my entire thing. They, the Hawks traded a guy who ended up playing 11 more years for uh, two, uh, a former first-round pick player and two first-round draft picks that became nothing. One and I, I cannot shake, like, every time the idea and discussion of trading Patrick Kane comes up, that trade comes back to my mind and it scares the hell out of me. And so, like, to Betsy's point about some of the other trades that have happened with guys who were, um, you know, you try and – if you're trading, like, a, a talent that's worth 100 and you try to get five – pieces that are worth 20 to add up to that hundred, it doesn't quite do it the same way. It doesn't work like that. You know, if you get, you get four fourth or four third liners for Patrick Kane, that doesn't help you because you still don't have all, you still have a hole in your first line. You know, See, the Telios thing to me is a, 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 what you, the way you put it makes a ton of sense. The thing is, I feel like the hostility from the fans was a lot different because it was for different reasons. Yeah. Well, yeah, there, there's that whole side of it too, but just like, just like from the hockey perspective, like that, that trade still gives me, I, but, I'm still clearly not over that trade. That, that's still, the, well, anytime people want to trade top end talent away for the sake of a rebuild. I just, I, I, I mean, it, it, it never seems to work again though. Like uh, that group, like Gronick and Belfour and all them, like the, the old man didn't want to pay anybody. I know. I, and again, the, the, the off-ice circumstances were different for those, but it's yeah. just, I, I think it's just, it comes back to the principle of when you trade away high-end point, talent. Yeah, point well, taken. I mean, don't, God, tra- look, don't trade your star for crap, yeah. Like, look, like the, the Taylor Hall trade and <laughs> the Tyler Sagan trade. Larson, yeesh. There's, there's a lot of, you know, just don't have Peter Chiarella making the trade, I guess, is part of it. But uh, I just, anytime top-end talent like that gets traded away, it never seems to go well for the team trading away the top-end talent. 
but Charlie has won a couple cups with Detroit. I think what oh two and oh eight. Yeah. Let's not talk about it. I mean, okay, but here's a here's a top end talent that got traded this year that it did go well for the team trading him away. Jack Eichel. <laughs> Jack Eichel is so much younger. <laughs> Like he's so yeah. much younger than Patrick Kane. I know he just came off a of surgery, but come on. But I mean, well, not a terrible situation. How do you how do you know it went well for Buffalo? Uh they got a guy who wants to be a saber, which I don't think Eichel did, uh, in Tuck, and then Peyton Krebs, and both of those players are playing pretty fucking well, and they have the same record as the Golden Knights since the trade. Yeah, honestly, like, I think that trade is going to be good for them, but I just don't think it's comparable because I, I but it's also like it's also the uh the, the trade where it's like, okay, but he's on a agreed to a very limited a number of teams that like will take him. Yeah. This is this is like an NBA trade. He's only going to a trade if if they accepted Did the Eichel's, surgery. Eichel hadn't well, yeah, I was about to say because Eichel definitely doesn't have a his he doesn't have a no trade clause. Um and he actually didn't really have a say in which team he went to. The but the Sabres just didn't think they could get a good return unless they dealt with teams that would give him the and, surgery. And, and I think you're going to have to, I mean. But again, you're talking about a 25-year-old versus a going to be 35-year-old in the next couple of years. And, so, I guess I, you need to figure out what Peyton Krebs is going to end up being because, you know, he's still on this entry-level contract. Like, you know, so there, there's a lot to be figured out there. I was trying to think of any other, you know, some of the other, like, I don't know, the original Seth Jones trade when they traded him for Ryan Johansson like that. But that, that was more of a like for like type. Well, that was like two guys that were relatively young. I think they were both like mid twenties at the time when they made that trade. But like, it's like when you, someone that traded away a more veteran guy to kickstart a rebuild and I'm drawing blanks. So meanwhile, Taves is going to probably new and dike them. (laughs) What? You know, and if, by the way, if you're yelling, if you're yelling a trade at your uh, whatever audio uh, outlet you are listening to this on, please tweet us at Two ND City Hockey and let us know which trade we can compare this to. But go on, Betsy. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say I don't remember who it was. Maybe um, what's his name? Oh my God, John Diaz Dietz. How do you say his last name? John Dietz. Oh, Dietz. Okay. Um, I can't remember. I think it was him that had the article that compared Taves, a potential Taves trade as like a Brad Richards kind of acquisition for any team like looking for something that like at half price, he's obviously more expensive than Brad Richards was, but that he could be the boost that like a team needs to fill a hole that they have in their lineup. Boston Bruins, for example. Uh, um, I say that. <laughs> so I know <laughs> he's just, that's just the team that like, feels like it would be there, but like maybe even like Pittsburgh or something like that. Oh my um, God. It would really help Colorado that. when Kadri gets suspended. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Colorado has, a, well, Kadri's, I think his, his thing is up. So yeah, there's like, there are teams out there that could definitely pick him up for half price. I'm sorry. I was talking about this upcoming first round. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, my brother and I have a bet on how long he's going to last. I actually have a buddy who's a Colorado Avalanche fan who texted me today. Uh, what game do you think it'll be before Kadri gets suspended? And I forgot to respond until this conversation. Four, 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 four. I think I'll give him the second round. Um, well, yeah, but if they're playing Minnesota, they're all going to get suspended. 
I can't believe Jared Spurgeon didn't get suspended for trying to clearly break someone's ankle last night. That was fucking disgusting. Yeah, that was that was insane. Sorry, now I'm just pissed. (laughs) (laughs) I now now I'm too angry. Yeah. Fucking wild avalanche though. If that happens in the second round, it's gonna be gross. Yeah. Well, I I'll, I just I want. Uh, I, I do too, but I mean, like, it's kind of like a car crash, like where you can't look away. You're like the biggest Ugh. fear is I, I want. Uh, I need Florida Tampa for seven games. Yes. I, I don't give a shit about Toronto. I I'm who, sorry. Who was in net for the Wild? Was it Flurry or was Flurry? It- Flurry. Okay. Got, li- got There li- was like twenty penalties before anybody scored. Yeah. It was not. A, yeah. It was. Yeah. It was a bad night for it, the uh, the playoff Wild arrived is what happened. Yeah. I was about to say the Wild played like. T- yeah, like and it's weird because they're better than. The, but Kirill running that power play. Yeah, Kirill was like Allen Iverson out there. He was spectacular. Like he, like he's telling people what to do and shit. I was like, damn, this guy's legit. I think one of the biggest lessons I learned from the Hawks runs was to never overreact to Game One too high or too low because the Hawks had some pretty awful Game Ones in a few series, and then they just like rolled out of bed the next day and were like, Hey, you want to like win the next four and send this team home? Yeah, cool. And they, then they would do that. So. Oh, they definitely, they definitely used to bulls people. So, so yeah. So what I'm saying is if, if there's anybody that's trying to cash checks off what Toronto did to Tampa in game one, like I would, I would calm down a little bit about that. If they do it in game two, then, then we can talk. Um, You guys watching this abs game right now? They're up two nil already. I was actually I got Washington Florida on, but I actually I think I need to switch over because Penguins Rangers are in overtime. Overtime. I think more impressively, Washington is up three two on Florida. Yeah, uh, I, Florida's playing with their great goal. I, I missed who it was. Uh, Ovechkin picked uh, Mackenzie Weger's pocket with a beautiful poke check and sent uh, someone off on the breakaway. Um, the ageless hope, Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? That should be that should be the. Uh, uh, the argument for Patrick Kane staying around is look at what Alex Ovechkin continues to do somehow. So and, and Kane doesn't play as physical a game as long as he takes care of whatever has been ailing him a little bit. Yeah. And like if you hear Ovechkin talk about like his like health habits, like if I remember correctly, he doesn't do any like he eats like eats and drinks like I would, and he's a professional athlete <laughs> in his late thirties, but is still doing it. Patrick Kane's been like taking care of himself very well off the ice for several years now. So yeah, I just, I feel like Ovechkin's had gray hair since like 2007. So we thought he was really old. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And he like, because he wasn't that old when he started going gray. Yeah. So it was like, Oh, this guy's like older. And then you're like, Oh wait, he's not 40 right now. And then it's like 15 years later. Oh, he's 40 now. Okay. All I can tell you though is uh, it's better to have snow in the forest than no trees at all. Hey, I'm not complaining. I'm Which, just saying. I, that's something that I had a, a gentleman in his 60s tell me when I was when he had uh, all gray hair and I have not as much hair as he did. I'm, I'm starting to go George Clooney, so I've, yeah. I've come to terms. I'm, 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 more, I'm more George Costanza at this point. Which, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know what? I love George Costanza just as, probably more than I love George uh, Clooney, so shout out. All right. Well, uh, I think this might be a perfect place to just, just put a hard stop on everything so we can go watch some playoff hockey because it's getting really interesting. Uh, you so are welcome. I think that's going to do it for this edition of Musings on Madison. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we're going to do several more shows over the next few weeks. At some point, we'll probably take a couple weeks off when there's not things to talk about. Um, but that's not coming yet. We've got plenty of more season recap stuff coming your way on these airwaves at the website. Um, and we might have like some different, I, I guess we, we might have a different way of doing content coming up over the summer and in the next season. Um, 
we're going to cross that bridge when we get there, but we, we've got some things we might be working on that are coming down, coming down the road for us. So, uh, so get excited about that. Um, it's kind of tied to, if you saw our Twitter account last Monday, that we were watching the game from a slightly different perspective than we've ever had before. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll worry about that down the road. So thanks to everyone for hanging out tonight. Shepard's on Twitter at Shepard Price. Mills at Mill182. I am at DML57. Betsy's not on Twitter, but you can find her at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR, where you can find all of our content. we got plenty of stuff coming your way. And uh, I think that'll do it. We'll talk to you next week. See you then.